When you turn on the intelligence of your heart, you uncondition your mind. Shall we go there? I'm Danielle Laporte, and this is With Love, Danielle. Hello, my loves. I want to keep talking about labels. So in the last session of the podcast, I talked about my before and after, you know, the spirituality edition, and how I used to love personality tests and all those things that told me about myself and how I should be treated. (laughs) Really, the results of all my personality tests were just crib notes that I wanted to give to potential lovers. (laughs) Like, this is how to romance me. I want to break that down even further. So let's get into some labels, okay? So raise your hand if you identify as who's an introvert, extrovert, Gemini, Virgo, Aquarius, who really identifies as their sun sign? Or what's your religion? What do you call your faith? You Catholic, Muslim, Baha'i, just a general Christian, Jewish? reformed, fill in the blank. You see yourself as bohemian. Do you see yourself as attached to somebody? Are you single? What does that mean anyway? Are you are you responsible? What are you responsible for? This is a big one. Do you feel that you're worthy? Are you educated? Are you dutiful? What are you dutiful to and why? Are you a positive person? Are you cynical and that's cool? Atheist, scientific, rational? Are you just one of those emotional people? You just keep going. This fans out into contracts and vows and grades and regulations and mandates and clubs that we belong to. This is about really hierarchy. It's about segregation often. It's about caste systems. Our conditioning goes into all these rules of engagement. So we need to back up and ask, what are these roles and these labels and these titles, these constructs? That's a really important word in this conversation. These constructs, because we're just making this shit up. What does this really mean? What do those really mean? Well, it's not that they mean nothing, because they really help us navigate through life on the planet, this dimension, right? Like, it's good to know who the CEO is. You pick up the phone, you know who to call. It's good to know who the mother in charge is. All mothers are in charge. But the answer is that these constructs mean whatever we want them to mean. We assign the meaning to them. And the meaning that we assign to all these different labels that we unconsciously inherit, or sometimes with this kind of rapacious striving like we grasp onto, the meaning we give to those is going to depend on what we actually identify as. What we actually identify as. Who we think we really are. So, do you see yourself as a body having this human experience, like this dense matter? Or do you see yourself as pure life energy? Do you see yourself as an obligated individual that's part of the system? Or do you see yourself as a sovereign, unique being that's part of this collective system? You know, really, this is the difference between seeing yourself as the sky, 
as vast, really as love, or identifying as the weather, the emotions, the feelings, the social programming that's just passing through the clouds that pass through that greater reality. So as I've mentioned a thousand times before, (laughs) but more specifically in the last episode, I was talking about how I used to identify as being an introvert. I really loved that introvert flag, you know. I didn't wave it too high, though, because I didn't really want to be seen. And my introvert membership kind of gave me this license of things I didn't have to do. Like, I'm an introvert. I don't have to talk to my neighbors. But I would tell that to myself in a more socially acceptable way, like, I'm an introvert, which is why I don't talk to my neighbors, which is in direct conflict for me (laughs) with being a loving person interested in fostering community wherever I go, right? So I began to see how that label was really holding me back from my full range of love, of presence, really of my true nature, which is love itself, same as you. Your true nature is love. That's your divine self. You are so loving. Underneath all the labels is love. What I learned is that if I check with my heart first, instead of my persona, then no matter where I am or who I'm with, I will be more available for love. Personality's got to come second. Old ways and training and skill sets and family stuff. That's number two. First checkpoint is what does the heart want you to say right here, right now? Could be something totally different than what you've been trained to say for years. So we're not turning to the intellect or to history or to data for meaning. We're looking towards love for meaning every day. So ask your heart what a committed partnership means today. Ask your heart what a good business practice looks like today. Ask your heart what spiritual devotion looks like right now. Not what you did yesterday. Not your long-held spiritual practices. You might keep doing all of those things, but you're going to be doing them with more awareness because your heart said, yes, today we keep going. Or your heart says, no, today we're going to take a hard right. Or your heart says, mm, time to let that go so you can be who you really are. So much more than the label. And here's the thing. This is where sovereignty and liberty and freedom really starts to like whoosh. The thing with appearances and personality tests and labels and categories is that You have to keep your appearances up. You have to put a lot of energy into maintaining those appearances. Otherwise, people around you get very disappointed with your change. The fewer appearances you have, the less you're going to have to be committed to a way of being. People are going to be more open to your fluidness. It'll actually get to a point where you're so much yourself and in the moment that your organic evolution, your growth, is going to inspire other people to grow. It's going to inspire other people to let go of their labels. One of the reasons we love labels, socially speaking, in terms of culture, is because freedom, self-agency, 
is really hard to commodify. You can't restrain someone who's living from the heart. This is how advertising wins. This is how the darkest side of organized religion wins. This is how we get stuck in the same job for years, whether that job is like really deadening or it's like this really high octane rush. Working to keep up our appearances, to like keep our labels front and center is how we end up having houses full of things that we don't use much. Keeping up appearances, resisting our true nature is how tyranny really begins to get the upper hand. That's why many of us stay in deadening relationships, you know, because we think we have to keep being what we've always been in order to get what we want. And that is the ultimate in mind conditioning. It's social programming, really. We think we have to keep being what we've always been in order to get what we want. And where it becomes more evident <laughs> that this way of living is totally ridiculous is when we consider that most of the narratives, the stories that we have about ourselves come from our past. They're not coming from present time where the power really is. And our stories about the past, you know, they're doing their best to protect us from these perceived dangers of the future. So, you know, we're telling ourselves things like, I will always do my best, or I'm stubborn. You might have the narrative, you know, if you're a dude, I'm not good with women. You might have this um, more aggrandizing narrative that you can do anything. There's a shadow side to that, right? And a light side. Your narrative might be that you're physically fragile. You could also be telling yourself a story that you are blessed beyond measure. We assign meaning to our thoughts. We get to think whatever we want. But we can't think freely until we wake up and see how many of our emotions and our stories have been programmed into us from our past ways of being and from their past ways of being and past and past and past. And then we live these lives where we say we're trying to live life to our fullest, but we've really set up all of these constructs that are protecting us from these perceived dangers of the future of a relationship that might blow our hearts and our families wide open, of a new creative expression that would call us to walk away from everything that we've built, of being our fuller selves a way that we have never been before, of showing up differently to our families and our workplaces and our parties. The future is very threatening to the past, you know? And those stories that we've been carrying, whether it's I work hard or always do my best or whatever it is, the more we tell ourselves the stories, the more fixated we become on ensuring our safety. Like, if I keep doing this, life is not going to rock my boat. I'm going to get some results. So our labels, our identities become like these insurance policies that protect us from heartbreak. Whether it's the heartbreak of like a dating app or the heartbreak of going after the gig or the job or the Broadway show and getting rejected. The gorgeous, beautiful, 
unpredictability of life is designed to shatter our labels, to help us redirect our awareness to our correct identity, which is like beyond all this stuff, right? Vitality is not focused on safety. And when it comes to that really vibrant, wide-awake living, of course, some of us are going to be more risk-averse than others. But that really depends on how we choose to see life. So we can regard the universe as a friendly place that's for us, or as a hostile place that we're always in some form of combat or negotiation with. And if you believe the universe is friendly, it will be. If you see it as hostile, get ready for a fight. Okay, so I have a question for you. What's an original thought that you have about yourself? What's an original thought that you have about yourself? Okay, don't think too hard because none of us actually have any original thoughts about ourselves or the world around us. I know, it feels like a bummer when you think about, you know, you want to be this wide awake conscious being, but it's nothing to be ashamed of. We have all been falling for this uh, dualistic storyline for eons. It's part of being human. Your parents and their parents and 70 generations back and all sideways, they were all born into the same really limiting drama about what it means to be human, about what's right and what's wrong and what should belong to who and who should get into heaven or be granted a low interest mortgage, right? So the human drama, hello, <laughs> is just a cluster of thoughts that we all agree to keep thinking. We just buy in to this collection of options about me versus them, about who's superior, about who's inferior. And if we're buying into clusters of thoughts about different behaviors, what's right and wrong, then you know what that means? It means that our actual personalities are clusters of thoughts and therefore somewhat fabricated, right? Now, instinctively, we're going to create personas so that we can navigate in the world. This makes sense. This is a great idea. If you are in a body, you need a personality. But what I'm here to ask you is, where's that personality coming from? Because some of us are gonna pull our persona from our family traits. Some of us are gonna aim a little higher and emulate our superheroes or kind of mythological creatures you know we want to be the goddess we want to be the king we want to be the queen yeah some of us are just going to do what we're told because to not do what we're told has severe impacts when we're younger that's part of an instinctual very wise way of playing it safe from early on some of us are going to play the role of a rebel and that serves its purpose but my observation is a lot of times that rebelliousness outgrows our life and we need to set that way of being down in order to really become whole like we just have to kind of grow up you know and of course we each have individual preferences and expressions and we have our dharma and all of these destiny points that we incarnated with these these beautiful shadowy ugly brilliant aspects 
of ourselves that are really expressions of our soul playing this role in this particular lifetime. Okay, so what does all this mean? This means you get to shift your personality. You get to change any time that you want to change. And when you get that, you get way more awake to the messages that have been coming down to you through your family line and the messages that just come to you day in and day out. I mean, most of us are consumed by information. So much so, like we can't even hear our true selves think. We don't even really know what we're really feeling. There's just this endless flow of media. And that endless flow is designed, strategized to be hypnotic. And that's the nature of so much of the content that is actually coding, directing our unconscious mind. Our unconscious mind is being coached, you could say, to feel more disconnected, to sit in heartache, and to create failure. The unconscious mind, that unawake part of ourselves, is really familiar with being in the dark, with being separate. And it is everywhere. It's not just religious dogma. It's advertising. It's almost every song on Spotify. You listen to a lot of so-called love songs from really any era. And most of them are talking about longing or loss or just like first degree revenge. You know, the subtext is you're going to lose it. You're going to get left. You're going to pine for eternity for someone that never really treated you right. Yeah, don't even get me started on the festival of misogyny and the degradation of sexuality that is most mega mainstream media. It's just, it's really gross if you just sit down, be still, and listen with your heart. You know, you just spend four minutes sampling what's on the music charts or the news, the so-called news. And every time you hear a message that's mean-spirited, you could do a checklist. Is this mean-spirited? Is this derogatory? Is this message in some way victimizing or victimized? Is this about being sad? Is this depressing? Is this hopeless? Is this just a big flaunt of materialism? Yeah, all of that. You know what? Just press forward. You do not want to be programming your unawake self with these messages. You want to wake up to your light and consume a diet of love and encouragement. And this is it. You turn on your heart and you uncondition your mind. So if the message is to scare you, turn it off. If it tells you that you're not worthy, turn it off. If it's predicting heartbreak, if it is inciting violence on your spirit, if the message is trying to pit you against any other being on the planet, what are you going to do? Turn it off. If it tells you that your heart will never mend, just say goodbye. Doesn't matter if it has a great backbeat. Does not matter if it comes from an elected official or someone claiming to be saint someone. If the message does not speak or shine or vibrate about the greater good of all, then turn it off. We're being influenced all the time. We can choose better influences. So then we should ask, like, why does that negative stuff stick in our minds? Why doesn't it just bounce off of us? And I think 
that negative messaging sticks in our consciousness because it's in such contrast to our natural state, which is peacefulness, kind of equanimity, right? So when the mind is hearing negative messages, what it's really doing is it's registering an intruder on its peace. That dark, heavy messaging has breached the perimeter of your heart. And, you know, you add to that the power of repetition and rhythm and all of the optics of mainstream media. And that can make us dangerously subjectable to the power of suggestion. Remember, remember, thoughts are magnetic in nature. So whatever the energy of the thought is, the thought that you are having, that's what you are going to attract more of. You put a loving compassionate, high vibration thought in your mind, and you're going to get more love and compassion flowing to match that thought. So do the labels that you have given yourself from introvert to extrovert, upbeat, strong, positive, cynical, scientific. Do those labels vibrate at the frequency of love and compassion and radiance Are they helping you go in a loving direction? Do those labels help you feel more like your higher self, less like the small self, and closer to your soul? My guess is that the fewer labels we have, the more likely we are to remember who we really are. I hope this has you question what you call yourself and what you've been called before. All right, let's cross the finish line with some poetry. This piece is called Remember Who You Are, and I've created it as a love note. If you head to my website, daniellelaporte.com slash love note, you'll see this growing collection of little printables and posters and things that you can be tucking into your day planner on your fridge. Just, you know, love notes, a lot of which come from my book, How to Be Loving, which you can get wherever you love to buy books. Remember who you are. Genius, luminous love. You are the phoenix and the fire. You are the idea and the glory. You are the truth and you're the story. You are the phenomenon that has been taken for granted. So let me restore your faith. You are not what you have been told. You are not what religion and business or the business of religion has sold. You are the game changer. You're not the game. You're not your title. You're not your name. You are powered the same as the Serengeti and the Sequoia. You are the giving and the receiving. You are what comes on the other side of grieving. Nectar. Nebula. Bliss blossoming the beloved. So stand faithful, and there will be no confusion. You enter the room with the solution. Remember who you are. Remember who you are when you're in your kitchen cooking up opinions, when you speak, when you weep, when you scroll for some fear. You remember that it is a new day and the heart is the authority here. You are the science. You are the compassion. You are the light and light extends in every direction. You are every child's protection. 
because it is midnight on ignorance in all its greedy ways. So thank God that you are the dawn in our DNA. Right here, right now, now, now. Feet on ground, sent from above, you are here to teach that we are each genius, luminous love. Remember who you are. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.